0: Our scripture lessons this morning for those who will worship later as we celebrate uh, this transfiguration of our Lord. The lessons come to us from the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 34 verses 29 through 35, Psalm 99 verses 1 through 9, the New Testament epistle of 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 21. And Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Well, as you know, today is transfiguration. It's the last Sunday after the Epiphany, the season that started way back with Jesus' baptism, you may remember, and now ends with his transfiguration. And these stories are sort of a bracket, uh, as, as it were. These two stories, Jesus' baptism then and his transfiguration now, have a lot in common. In both of them, there is this announcement from God that Jesus is his beloved son. Both scenes are epiphanies. They are special manifestations or revelation of God. They are encounters where God is revealed in a special way. And as such, these scenes then are kind of brief glimpses of heaven, as it were. The scene in our gospel lesson this morning from Luke represents an event where heaven breaks through to verify not only the holiness of Jesus, but also the care and presence of God in our lives and in the life of the world You think about it for a moment, it's like, what an experience this must have been for Peter and James and John. It's very likely, maybe even, that this incident happens at night because Luke tells us they were asleep. Isn't it amazing how so many times, in pivotal moments in the life of Jesus and what's going on, his followers and those who he's called to himself are sleeping? So, anyway, they are asleep. But what an experience this must have been for them. I mean, to see Jesus then transfigured like this and to sort of be witnessing this amazing epiphany, this was a word from God. And this experience, I think, would forever change these men. It changed their outlook on the world. And I think that they would draw on this experience later, perhaps even for years to come. And just like they experienced Jesus in this mountaintop experience, I, I think somehow, even though we can't do it exactly like that, but I think all of us, we, we need mountaintop experiences as well. We need those kinds of times in our lives where we know in a special way that God is with us, right? That he draws near to us in such a powerful profound way that it changes us and it changes things. We, We need those times. They are probably few and far between, but we need them in our own lives. In looking at this gospel story from Luke and the experiences of Moses and Elijah who appear with Jesus, I've come to the conclusion that these kinds of epiphanies have at least two basic characteristics that we can apply to our lives. They draw us closer to God and they give us strength for our journey. They draw us closer to God and they give us strength for our journey. Consider Moses here. Do you remember Moses' face? Carolyn read about it from the book of Exodus. You remember Moses' face as he comes down from the mountain and remember how his face was so radiant with the glory of God that the people couldn't even look at him. He had to put a veil over his face. You talk about blinding your eyes type of glory, like it's hard for us to picture this. It was unmistakable though that Moses had been in the presence of Almighty God. And what a great leader then Moses became after that experience. I mean that mountaintop experience lasted very briefly, but it strengthened Moses to come down from that mountain and to do the work that God had given him to do, leading the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt all the way to the Promised Land. And then consider Elijah, who appears here with Jesus, the great prophet. He had a mountaintop experience as well, defeating the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And after this, when King Ahaz and Queen Jezebel seek to kill him, God speaks to Elijah again on a mountain. Not in the fire or in the earthquake or in the storm, but in that still, small voice. Sometimes the still, small voice can be the powerful epiphany, brothers and sisters. And this mountaintop experience not only draws Elijah closer to God, but it gives him strength to come down and to do what God had had in mind for him to do on the rest of the journey. Elijah had to come down from that mountain in order to continue his work as prophet and leader of God's people. I think these mountaintop experiences are great, and I think that we all need them. They draw us closer to our Lord, and they give us strength for our journey that lies ahead. And while these mountaintop experiences for Moses and Elijah... They were great and they were awesome. They didn't last very long. Both of these men had to come down from the mountain because there was still work to be done. And as it was with Moses and Elijah, so it is with Jesus here. This mountaintop experience is definitely, I think, an epiphany. It's a revelation of God. It's a revelation of who Jesus is. He's the beloved Son of God. He's the eternal brightness of the Father's face. He's light from light, true God from true God. But as with Moses and Elijah, the Father has work for Jesus to do as he comes down from this mountain. From the moment he comes down from this mountain, he moves steadily toward that work, toward Jerusalem and his appointment with a cross. And in fact, that's part of the discussion that's going on with Moses and Elijah as they're on the mountain together. You know, I understand, we understand that Jesus was the divine Son of God, and so his experience here may not exactly parallel that of Moses and Elijah. But I still wonder if there wasn't this sense in which Jesus experienced here something of, What Moses and Elijah experienced also. I mean, that is, I'd like to think that as they are all up on the mountain here, that Jesus himself draws closer to the Father. And he receives strength from the Father for the road that lies ahead of him. For remember, not only is Jesus God, fully God, but he's also fully man, fully human. Very God and very man, born of a woman, soon to come down from this mountain, soon to come down from this mountain and to suffer under Pontius Pilate. This God-man is about to embark on a journey where he is going to pick up and carry the sins of the whole world on his shoulders. Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? Jesus invites us to go along with him. But as the season of Lent begins this week, things begin to change. You see, to this point in the Christian year, in some ways it has been possible for us to follow Jesus from the sidelines, kind of at a distance. But no more, because as the season of Lent begins this week with Ash Wednesday it's no longer possible to follow Jesus at a distance because he's going to invite us to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and to follow him, to go with him to Jerusalem. We are invited into a mysterious process of discovery where we will learn that true and abundant life is found through sacrifice and service we are invited to discover that only in giving yourself away are you going to be able to find the true meaning of your life. Now, how, <clears throat> how do we prepare for that kind of a journey? I mean, I got to thinking about it, wouldn't it be great if we could all have a mountaintop experience like an epiphany, a powerful revelation, an experience where we could get a glimpse of heaven and where we could be prepared and strengthened for the Lenten journey that is about to confront us. You know, maybe we could all go up to Bogus Basin or some nearby mountain, Brundage or somewhere, and we could all climb up the mountain and... and Pray and like maybe see what happens. Maybe see if we could get a a mountaintop transfiguring kind of experience to prepare us. But actually, I don't think we need to do that. I have a better idea. We don't need to go and climb a mountain. For our place of transfiguration is already here waiting on us this morning. It requires only that we take a few steps. Do you see where I'm going I'm speaking of the Lord's table. For the Lord's table provides the very things that all good epiphanies provide. It draws us closer to God and it strengthens us for the journey that yet awaits us. When we come to the table of the Lord, we get a glimpse of heaven if you have your eyes of faith on and you're looking In the bread and in the wine, we encounter the living God who speaks to us and who tells us that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we are His beloved sons and daughters. At the Lord's table, we know that God is with us. And here at the table, we are strengthened for our journey. We receive grace that helps us in time of need. We receive grace that strengthens and empowers us for those times when the way gets a little rough and when we might lose heart and be tempted to give up. Just as Jesus and Moses and Elijah received strength that they needed for what lay ahead of them, so as we prepare to embark on our own Lenten journey with Jesus now, we come today to his table and we draw near to him as he draws near to us and we will receive strength grace help as we begin our own lenten journey so as i always do i invite you today to come with faith <laughs> come with faith come with she will come come with faith come with faith in your hearts Come with thanksgiving, come with gratitude, knowing that he waits to meet you here and to give you strength for the journey that lies ahead. And then we'll look forward to seeing you on Wednesday evening for the imposition of ashes and the beginning of our journey together, where we truly follow him all the way to Jerusalem.